This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John. How's it going, buddy? How was your weekend? Uh, it's going pretty well, and my weekend was good. Asterix. I mean, it was good, but it was busy. How about you? Uh, my weekend was good. It was also busy. And um, today was also a busy day and it was a holiday. It's Labor Day. And so I could have I, I did not I had no intention of going in the office, but I could be working from home and getting paid time and a half just to to work from home. And I I just didn't want to. I don't blame you. You know, I'll take my eight hours holiday pay and call it a day. There you go. Although with the amount of emails and phone calls I got today, I could probably put an hour in hour in an hour in with good uh, with a good straight face does it pass the straight face test i think so tired of corporate so. terminology um so so anyhow um not a lot of shows and stuff i watched this week because i went away for the weekend from friday morning through this morning um but i did get some stuff in uh same here i uh i got some shows and the shows that I watched were for the most part good. And, and I feel like talking about them, which is nice, you know, whereas Uh, the past couple of weeks, it's like, Oh, watch some shows. They all sucked. I did not watch any films. I watched two, but they were both. Well, one was a rerun. Yeah, no, I did not watch any films. So, all right, well, let's start. Let's just start with the show that we both probably agree is the one that we liked the least. Legends? Legends. Yeah. What was this? There will be brood. Mm, Instead of there will yeah. be blood. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, last night they aired the season finale, and I can't say I'm disappointed to see it this season end, because this is not... This has by far not been the worst season, but it's definitely not been the best. I would agree with you on that. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it being done. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't feel, again, that it's the worst, but it's definitely not great. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a slog. It's been annoying. Uh, I know COVID plays a part in that. I know that some of the actors are getting ready to wrap up their run on here so you know you gotta watch them bow out but like for me this one was ruined i mean i say ruined because the next day all the news feeds that i had were like you know uh matt ryan talks about spoilers death on legends and what this means for the future well gee guys why would you be talking to matt ryan about somebody's death and and 
have it not be Constantine. Yeah, that's pretty weak shit right there. So, I mean, ultimately, we all knew it was coming because we were told that Constantine was going away and that Matt Ryan was going to be a new character in the next season. And unfortunately, it was not a glorious send off for him. It was pretty lame, actually. It was extremely lame. Like, he got Bishop to help him find the Fountain of Imperium. And, and, like, we got all of these new things introduced to us. Like, they went back to 1925 in Texas, which is where Spooner was from, apparently. Mm -hmm. And so we got to see young Spooner. And it turns out that the Fountain of Imperium is actually a space mushroom. And that it, you know, protects people. In fact... We find out eventually that it's there to protect the entire Earth from aliens. Like, it creates a shield around the Earth. And so Bishop tricked John into absorbing it, becoming connected to it. But he also, like, he he had mixed up some DNA that would make his soul pure so that he could, you know, bond with the mushroom. And Mm -hmm. then he, he mixed some poison in there, too, so that he would die and take the mushroom with him. Yep. Which is pretty lame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So then the, the shield is down and Bishop's like, good. Cause you know, I've saved earth twice and, and it never sticks. So I'm just kind of, he's basically rebooting it all. He's like, I'm just going to like start over fresh and let the aliens come and destroy earth. And we could try again. Lame. Yeah, some bullshit weak sauce right there. Yeah, Spooner has a little crisis of conscience where she wants to like uh, not be separated from her mom for her entire life, but you know yeah. has to to preserve the timeline. And uh, yeah, I just I was like, can we just get on with this? Oh, and the rest of the legends are going to look for mixed babies because you know they want the baby broodlings back. Uh, uh. yeah so we got one episode left and um we'll see what happens i'm sure that what'll happen is they'll save the day they'll end the alien threat and they'll introduce a new threat at the very end that will be the new threat going forward yep yep no that's you're probably pretty much straight on right there So that's done. Next week, we'll bring you the update on the finale and, you know, why we don't care. That really is kind of what it comes down to, why we don't care. Um, Speaking of not caring, I did not bother to watch American Horror Stories. I didn't have time because of camping with the family this weekend, so I did not make it a priority. I I probably will watch it at some point to watch it, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's the end of that line. Uh, but speaking of FX shows, what we do in the shadows. Yes. So with this one, I watched the first episode and I did not look to see if the after show was on there. Did you look? I did not see the after show was on FX. Okay. 
So uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us about what we do in the shadows season three premiere? Um, did you watch the after show at all? No, no, I, I didn't even look to see if it was on Hulu. Okay. But I, but I will this week, I will go back and check. Okay. All right. So yeah, we open up with, um, Guillermo. So we open up with the three vampires. It's been like a month or so since he killed all the vampires, saved, uh, their, their lives. Uh, Nandor, Najia, and Lazlo's and Colin's life. Mm-hmm. And they're basically trying to figure out what to do with Guillermo. Because on one hand, he saved their lives. But on the other hand, he's a vampire slayer. Right. And so they finally go downstairs to feed him. And he, they find that he's, in, you know, he's they've got him in a, like a prison. They got him in a basement in a big cell. Like, like you, except instead of a glass plastic chamber, it's an actual like metal cell. And they bring him raw chicken to eat as sustenance to feed him. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because he doesn't seem like for a being down there for a month, like that was my immediate reaction. He seems in pretty good health. He seems in pretty good spirits. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's got a poop and pee bucket that Colin is very excited to go through. Oh my God. That's like, that was gross listening to him talk yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <clears throat> So, yeah, so they're all the vampires, they're like they're, they're kind of all mad at Nandor because he wants to try to save Guillermo because, like, you know, he, he kind of recognizes, hey, he saved our lives and he's my familiar. Um, and the others are like, yeah, but he needs to go because he's a vampire slayer and, and we got to kill vampire hunters. You know, that that's it's in his blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, at the same time, Guillermo seems very, very loyal to them still, even though they really don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite part is when just a few minutes into the episode, he reveals that, well, I actually have a way to get out of the cage and I have a secret chamber that takes me upstairs and I still do all their work. Like, I don't know what they think. He like mono- he like narrates the fact that like while they're sleeping, he's awake and cleaning up and taking care of their dead bodies and cleaning the house. And he goes out to dinner and he comes back and he goes, puts himself back in his cell after you know, before mm-hmm. they wake up. Part of that is that because is, they keep feeding him, but they keep bringing him packages of raw chicken. Right. Right. That, yeah, that's what I said. They bring him raw chicken for sustenance, even though you can't eat raw chicken. He has no way to right. cook it. So <laughs> it's, it's all hilarious. And he's still loyal to them, even though they've had him locked up for a month. Uh-huh. And then when, uh, um, Oh yeah, Nadja's dolls wants him and wants him killed dead as well, which is hilarious. Um, when uh, someone from the council arrives to basically bring them a message uh, from the vampire council, uh, Guillermo, you know, gets out of his cell to go protect and save them from this messenger because they don't. They, he thinks that the messenger's there to kill them. Mm-hmm. And. Um, but yeah, apparently the council wants to see them. Um, what was it? He killed 80% or 70% of the most powerful vampires in the New York area. <laughs> so the Supreme Council, you know, they have to appoint Nadja, uh, Nandor, Laszlo, and call it as the new vampire council for the American Eastern Seaboard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they want to make Guillermo their bodyguard. Um, so they perform like a group hypnosis on him to prevent him from harming them. But Guillermo's <laughs> like, yeah, their their hypnosis doesn't work on him anywhere, so he plays along. Um, yeah. I love watching him explain that, where he was like, yeah, hypnosis hasn't worked on me for a few years. They were doing it in the beginning, but like they kept doing it for the most mundane things, like fetch yeah. me that over there. And go down and get me my witch skin hat. And then Nadja would like hypnotize him to say, don't you dare. And he's like, so yeah, I just kind of built up an immunity to it. <laughs> Which is outstanding, really. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, and they make them the Supreme Council. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that kind of finishes up the first episode. They, uh, well, what happens is they get them there. And there's one throne. Oh, that's right. They're battling over who the supreme leader should be. Yeah. yeah. The guide's like, well, which one of you is going to be the supreme leader? You know, you're all kind of the leaders, but only one of you can sit on the throne. And Nandor is just like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Laszlo is just like, nope, don't want it. And everybody else is like fighting each other, wrestling for it. And yeah, yeah, kind of fades out. So we get to episode two and we get uh, Nandor and Nadja who have agreed to be co-leaders. But of course, they both behind, the, you know, behind each other's backs plan to take it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they tour around the Chamber of Curiosities, which I think is outstanding. Uh, they find the Cloak of Duplication, which they use to hilarity in this episode. Don't you think? Right up there with the um, the witch's hat and the curse on it. You know, yeah, exactly. when they, when they yes. run with a gag, they go for it. Yes. Um, so Nandor um, has the hots for this uh, human named Meg who works at a gym as a receptionist where he goes and works out sometimes. Quote, works out, quote, fingers. Um, but he wants Laszlo to go try to, you know, set up a date for him. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious because Laszlo does not do well. And Colin also gives it a go, does not do well. But I think <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Um, and then uh, Guillermo tries and ends up basically making Meg thinks that Nando and Guillermo are, are you know, uh, gay for each other, which is outstanding mm-hmm. when Nandor actually goes for his date with her. Um, but you know what? That's the B story. I think my favorite ace, my, my favorite story is Nandor and Nadja and Colin going to visit the uh, some young d- vampires who haven't uh, obeyed the castle orders or paid their dues. And because they're in charge now, so you know they gotta crack yeah, the whip. Exactly. And I think my favorite part is Nandor trying to be very diplomatic and Nadja wanting to use the, you know, fear and screaming and yelling to get her point across. Mm -hmm. And um, I like it when Colin meets the other. um, (laughs) What kind of vampire is he? Uh, Energy vampire. Energy vampire. Yes. And I love it when they're having a discussion and this and that. And so he goes, are you training me right now? No, no, of course not. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, but I just love the back and forth and the back and forth with Nandor trying to be civil and use diplomacy and words and Naja um, wanting to use uh, just scream and yell and basically use threats 
And um, and then in the end, she just rips his heart out, which is absolutely outstanding. And they all like bend the knee, if you will. I fucking mm-hmm. loved it. Sorry, I friggin' loved it. <laughs> the uh, uh, this show is just spectacular. Like everything yeah. about it is just great. Um, it, it never disappoints. There's always something fun. You know, I, I think back to uh, last season with you know their first party for the superb owl, mm-hmm. rather than the Super Bowl. Like it, yes. it just every episode is basically self-contained. They build off each other, but they're they're a self-contained type thing, and they're just wonderful it's something that i always look forward to watching it's kind of like dead pixels in that way you know it's something i always look forward to watching and yeah i don't know love it i just like how much i get to laugh when i watch yes like genuine laughter yes yeah it was absolutely absolutely hilarious Mm. Oh, and then of course Meg find, turns out to be a lesbian. The girl because the of course, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then Nadja even uses the the cloak of duplication to become Nandor to like scream at him while he's in his coffin to rest and sleep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know each week coming going forward we'll just get the one episode, so that's cool. But it'd be fun if we got two, but still that's cool. Right. No, that'll play through the end of October. So at least we have something to look forward to each week through the end of October. Damn straight. Uh, so the other show I watched was What If, and I watched two episodes to get caught up. So you got a not so great one and a pretty great one, in my opinion. I don't know. I I really liked What If the World's Lost Its Mightiest Heroes. Go on, and then I'll talk. Well, no, but it's it's okay. So essentially, somebody starts killing uh, the Avengers before he can form the Avengers, starting with Tony Stark, and then Thor, and then Hulk, and then um, in very creative ways. Yes, yes, and then uh, the Asgardians and Loki appear because they're going to avenge Thor. Um, and basically, we find out that Hank Pym has, is murdering all of these people because he's trying to get back at Nick Fury because of his daughter, Hope Van Dyne, who died in the line of duty with S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, but the episode ends with, with Fury finding Steve Rogers and Carol Danvers coming to Earth, you know, so the Avengers are still going to happen. It's just going to be a different version. But I thought, right. it was, I thought it was really good. I liked it. See, I liked some of the aspects of it, um, but I felt like it was too condensed for one thing. And the other one, it's a pet peeve of mine when um, you're as a viewer, you never get to see it coming. Like there's no clues or anything like we never saw that Hope Van Dyne joined shield and that, you know, she was killed in the line of duty or anything like that. Like there was no reason for any of us to understand or believe why this would be happening. 
okay, that's true. It's not like she in the original universe died. Right. In Shield. Yes. All right. So, so we so don't even though, know that she died in this what if world. All right. Okay. I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. And and it's a minor quibble, but you know, basically the whole premise of what if, like this one was what if the Avengers were killed. But actually the what if was what if Hope Van Dyne had joined Shield and been killed in action. Um mm-hmm. because then we get Hank going on this plot for revenge. I would have liked this a lot better if I could have seen it from Hank's point of view, the whole thing. Like if we had seen him in the beginning, like mourning the loss of her and then watched him plotting out the thing. Like, I think I would have been much more on board with that. I would have loved watching that instead of watching basically recreations of different movie scenes from the Marvel cinematic universe and then watching them change slightly. Yeah. All right. I get what you're saying. And I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. And and it doesn't make it necessarily a bad episode. It's just that they could have done a lot more with it. I think like to me, it felt like they just rehashed this stuff and said, Oh, but imagine this. I loved the creative kill of the Hulk. Like if, if ever there was going to be a way to kill the Hulk, you know, you're looking at it right there. And I don't even know if that would work, but Hey, enlarging his heart from the inside. That's pretty genius. Yep, it is. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. all right. The second episode is what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Yes. So, go ahead. I personally really like this one. This felt to me like a genuine what if. This felt to me like something that they could actually build an entire show out of. Um And in fact, ever since then, people are questioning whether or not the uh, evil version, that's air quotes, evil version of Doctor Strange, the power hungry one, um, is the one that we see in the uh, No Way Home trailer because things are a little bit off with him. So essentially this one. Stephen Strange is driving to the thing like he did in the movie, except this time he's got his uh, girlfriend with him. And she's going to the dinner with him and they crash and she dies. So he undergoes the same thing where he basically like travels the world seeking answers because, you know, his heart's broken and he uh, still meets up with the mages of Camertage and he still trains. But but he um, goes absolutely like overboard. He gets as much power as he can and goes nuts trying to like lash out and he wants to bring her back. And he spends a lot of the episode, like trying to go back in time to that night and save her. And every time she dies anyway, one way or another, which, whether he leaves her home or good, which was heartbreaking or heart wrenching, if you will, that absolutely. Cause they showed us multiple times for time and 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 time again. He tried so many different ways to save her every single time she dies Yep. until the ancient one basically comes forward and says Palmer's death is an absolute point in the timeline Mm -hmm. and he can't change it because the only way strange becomes strange is with her death. Right. And he has to become strange in order to stop Thanos in order to stop, you know, Dormammu, all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, but he refuses to accept that because he remembers the lost library of Cagliostra 
and how there is the, that Cagliostra originally found the time stone slash the eye of Agamemnon and um, did experiments. And he believed that he could undo an absolute point in time. So strange goes to the library and starts researching and discovers that he needs more power because he summons up the same tentacle beast that I think was in the first episode, which a lot of people are wondering, myself included, if it's Shumagora. Um, but essentially the tentacles come out of the portal and he gets ass kicked. So he has to start summoning up like little wimpy creatures and essentially absorbing their power into himself and becoming a twisted version of himself that is an amalgamation of the power of all of these different mythical creatures until he finally resummons the tentacle monster and cuts the tentacles off, grafts them to himself and gets enough power to go back and undo that fixed point, which Holy crap. Then we start getting like some Thanos level stuff where everything's just disintegrating around him. And yeah, he saves Palmer, but, she is going to be disintegrated because the entire universe is being unmade. Um, The whole thing was just beautifully done. Like you said, it was heartbreaking to watch this over and over again and to feel for the guy and also know that, you know, we've seen enough doctor who to know that this can't be, you know, you can't undo that. I also thought it was interesting that, one of my biggest complaints and a lot of people's biggest complaints with um, Endgame was that they put in place time travel rules where they said you can't travel in time. Essentially, you can't undo something from the past because when you go to that point, this is your present. And it, they kind of fucked with the whole time travel thing, basically saying that you couldn't undo the past. Everything happened as it happened. You're just moving forward, etc. And this episode seemed to be like, no, we're going to go with standard time travel rules. You could go back in time and change stuff. Yes. Yep. They did do that. I think as well. So did you like this episode? I liked the first half. And then the second half, I didn't like as much. Okay. Elaborate. Well, I thought the first half was very heart-wrenching, like I said, uh, when, you know, no matter what he did, he couldn't change anything, mm-hmm. and then he just couldn't accept it. And then the second half, which is where he uses the power of Dark Dimension, the Age One splits him into two alternate versions, the evil one or the you know, absorbs the good one, and then he uses the powers to resurrect his girlfriend, and then essentially he tears reality apart, and then he's just wa- left to watch her die still, and he's alone when the universe collapses and everything. Like, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. Gotcha. Okay. The second half, I wasn't as big of a fan of as the first. I gotcha. I, I can see that. Yeah. What do you think about that theory that the alternate version of uh, Strange is the one that we're seeing in No Way Home? Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. The way they put everything together, the way they do, the way they move everything around like they do, it really wouldn't surprise me. Me either. 
Oh, how about this? This was the first episode and probably will be the only episode where one of the characters directly interacts with the Watcher. Yes. Okay, so that part I did find cool because typically the Watcher just watches. And narrates to us. Yes. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, you're always kind of given the impression that he's just up there. Nobody can see him because he's just watching. And Strange was like talking to him saying, hey fix this, change this. And he's like, I can't interfere. And he's like, you have the power to do anything. Oh, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, if anyone's going to do it, it's strange. So, yeah. Um, I also, with this episode really appreciated the fact that they got most of the actors back. The one before that, by the way, kudos to them for getting most of the actors back as well. I mean, they did get Scarlett Johansson. They didn't get Chris Hemsworth, but, um, right. They got Nick Fury, you know, um, Sam Jackson. They got Michael Douglas, which was surprising. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that in this one, they basically got everybody. Like, all the people who mm-hmm. were in the movie reprised their roles. Yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that myself. Yep. They even kept the trademark humor of that movie, where, like, when he goes into the uh, uh, library and the guy makes fun of his name, you know, he's like, it's strange. And he's like, Oh, it's not that strange. And you're like, Oh, that's right from the movie. Great. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else did you watch? You watched, you watched, uh, the new Steve Martin and Martin short. Yes. I watched the first episode. It's called only murders in the building. I did not watch it. Okay. Uh, I won't get into details, but basically the first episode is all set up. These, these three characters. So Steve Martin, Martin short, Selena Gomez, they're three different people that all live in this gigantic apartment building in New York. Um, one of these like beautiful gaudy brick buildings, you know, multiple floors, multiple apartments per floor. Uh, every apartment is huge and disturbingly good looking, etc. So, they all live there. Uh, they don't really interact with each other except for one night. Uh, an alarm is going off in the building and they all have to evacuate and they meet up and it turns out that they're all big fans of a true crime podcast that's popular at the time. And so they kind of bond over that when they meet up and they go back into the building and find out there was a murder in the building. So they're like, we'll solve it. We'll be, we'll create our own true crime podcast. And, uh, as they're deciding this, Martin Short says, hey, uh, there was a murder in Central Park. You know, that's not far from here. We could actually branch off and do two podcasts. And Steve Martin says, no, that's going to be the rule. Only murders in the building. So that's why the show is called that. Um, okay. But it's basically that's the introduction in the first episode. And it's good. It's decent. I, I like both of those guys. Uh, Selena Gomez, whatever. You know, she brings a young <laughs> approach to things. Uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to watching more of it. I think there were already two episodes on there cause that's a Hulu original. There may have been all the episodes, but I, I think all the episodes the are actually on there, but I'll watch the first two episodes this week. Yeah. Um, as well to get caught up. Cool. Cause there's not um, a whole lot else out there. No, I, uh, I watched another couple episodes of Crime Scene Kitchen. Dude, I got to tell you, some night, throw that on with your wife. You guys are going to love it. She, being a baker, is especially going to love it because some of the stuff that these people come up with is just insane. It is so cool with them, like, 
the way that their brains work and they try to come up with this stuff and then to create these desserts and, and either destroy themselves or destroy the desserts. It's great. I, I think you guys would really like it. And all right. And I also watched the uh, season five finale of Rick and Morty. I know it aired last night. I'm still going to talk about it. It was two episodes back to back. It was awesome. It was great. Um, really, the season went out on a bang. And Rick and Morty is one of those shows that when when the season ends, like they put it on such cliffhangers that you're just like, what the fuck are they going to do next? And then the next season they come in and they come up with the most absurd ways to do things. And uh yeah, I just it was great. Loved it. Well, the only other thing I watched besides wrestling this week and uh America's Got Talent, which I'm not gonna talk about because it's not a great season at all. Oh still so kinda watch it. Yeah, it's not. Even in the semifinals, it's just not great. So at this point, oh. like, all right, who wins so we can get it over with? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. But we watched the first two episodes of Ted Lasso and I really love this show. Season isn't, two, yeah. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> yep. I like that even. So this season picks up like right at the beginning. We're at the end of a game. We find out that Richmond has like seven draws. So we don't start at the beginning of the season. We start, you know, eighth game into the season, I guess. I don't know how many games are in the season for soccer, Football. if you will. Yeah. Um but we have Danny, you know, the Mexican guy who's football his life. And he's about to yeah. take a corner kick. Uh, sorry, a penalty kick. Danny Rojas. It, if he makes it, they're going to win. If he loses or if he doesn't make it, then they're going to have their eighth tie in a row. Well, shit. He kicks the ball. But as soon as I saw the bird on the field, I knew there was going to be an issue. Apparently, mm. Richmond has a mascot that's a dog named Greyhound. A Greyhound named Earl. So Earl goes after a bird. The bird flies off. The dog jumps up in the air to grab the bird. And the penalty kick hits the dog. And so they tie. They don't win. But they draw. But we find out the dog died. Yes. And I loved it when we get the reporters and, and uh, Ted's in there. And they ask him about it. And... Uh, I can't quote his story, but the story he, he reveals or talks about to uh, um, about the loss of the dog is absolutely amazing. The little anecdote he makes, you know. Oh, yes. That that was true Ted Lasso there. You know, not a dry eye in the audience. Yeah. Uh, so we find out Roy is retired, obviously. Uh, he does not want to go. He's still dating Keeley, who works for the team. He does not want to go to any of the Richmond games because I, I don't blame them. You know, like they want to see him back there because they're buddies, but he doesn't want to be there because he, he's not playing anymore. And I get right. him not wanting to be there. But he is coaching his niece's uh, girls under nine fo- uh, football team. Mm-hmm. And he's coaching them like they're men. And it's hilarious when he, <laughs> when he talks to them. So uh-huh. highly inappropriate. And how like, they don't cry or get mad. They just laugh at him. And then, you know, his niece hugs him. And I just, I think it's fantastic. I do too. Uh, what's another story? Uh, Rebecca's dating a guy. Oh, this was, so 
I'm just going to blanket this out there and we'll get into more details. But one of the things that I love about this show, and I think you do as well, is the heart that comes out of it. Like there are so many places where a typical show would go in a different direction. And this one just always takes the nice heartfelt, you know, friendly approach. And I fucking love it. So yeah, like, this would be a very good, like family sit down and watch show. If they didn't say fuck every other word (laughs) without Roy Kent, (laughs) you know, like seriously, Otherwise, I mean, this would be a really like with the themes that they have and the storylines that they have and everything, it really would be outstanding. Yes. Um, So Rebecca and her new boyfriend, John, there, they go on a double date with uh, Keely and Roy after Keely kind of suckers them into it. And I love it when Rebecca's like, so what do you guys think? And and Keely's like, oh, you know, and Roy's like, and then he goes, go on, tell what you really feel. And she and, and Rebecca looks at Keely and she kind of makes one of those like faces. And then Roy basically says in Roy's way, like this guy's a fucking, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of it. He, he basically, basically says, says this. He says the guy's fine. He's like, he's yeah. fine, but you deserve better than fine. Yeah. He's like, you deserve someone that when you see them and you're together, like, you know, it makes you feel special but he doesn't say that he's like you know maybe you see the stars or something like unexpectedly romantic but really nice and then she looks at keely and keely kind of nods her head like yeah he's right that's right he doesn't say he's a jerk or puffed or make fun of him or whatever he just says he's fine it's all he is is fine mm-hmm. if that's all you want then great um and so Rebecca breaks up with him, you know, not in a mean way, but she's basically like, yep. yeah, I want better. And he's like, okay. She's like, I'll get the coffees. He's like, that seems fair. Thanks. We get a Richmond hires, a therapist named Sharon. And <laughs> um, Ted's not a big fan of hers because Ted's like, I can do, I can take care of my boys. You know what I mean? That's my job as a coach just to motivate them and kind of be their therapist and everything. And, but in Ted's way, he's trying to be accepting. Sharon is very resistant to him, which is unusual, which probably drives him crazy. Yes. But, you know, after one appointment with Danny, if you will, he gets his love of football back and he can now yes. kick again. And Ted thinks, oh, she must be leaving. But turns out, you know, she's uh, she's going to be there for the season because a bunch of other people you know, want to talk to her and everything. And right. you kind of see and through the second episode that, you know, um, that Ted's kind of accepted her as being part of the team. And, and she, they, they kind of have their own little breakthrough, if you will. It was, it was very small. Yes. I loved yeah. when, um, when he was talking to coach beard about it and he was basically saying, it, Beard's like, you don't trust her, do you? And he's like, uh, I don't trust therapists. And he's like, why is that? When's the last time you went to a therapist? And he's like, well, I felt like I was getting ganged up on because, you know, my wife was seeing a therapist for quite a while and then suggested that we do this same therapist for couples counseling. So I went in there and it was like they already had all this stuff on me. So he doesn't trust therapists. Uh, and then Beard was like, do you remember what you told me when I was on that cruise ship and I dated that dancer and she broke my heart? He's like, no. Every person is a different person. He's like, I said that. He's like, yeah, you said that. He's like, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was. 
You dated a lot more dancers after that, didn't you? Oh, far too many. <laughs> but but it's such a good lesson. Like, it's so simple. But, yeah, every person is a different person. So, you know, you can't yeah. say that all, you know, therapists are the same or all gas station attendants are the same or anything. You know, all cops are the same. Like, every person is a different person. Yeah. I like that. I, uh. I just I get all the warm fuzzies when I watch this show, and I I do too. Not just warm fuzzies, but like cheering them on. I love so Jamie is getting fucked over because he fucked himself over. He he basically yes. decided he was too good for Manchester City. Well, he wanted to get out from under his dad being a dick. You know, ever since that game, apparently his dad was giving yep. him more shit. So he went on a uh, reality show. What what was it called? Like Lust, Lust. Conquers All. <laughs> yes. And he got voted off. So he's like, fuck it. I'll go back to soccer. And, and Manchester City's like, no, nah, we don't want you. Basically, everyone figures he's toxic because literally he is. They're like, yeah, you're an asshole on the show. You're an asshole at Manchester City. Like, nobody wants to deal with you. You're you're a fucking asshole. Yep. So he goes to talk to Keeley, and he's like, I wasn't stalking you. But, yeah, I've been following you your whole lunch break. And we get this little scene where he's like, you know, I need to talk to you. Whenever I think of talking to somebody, it's always you. And it seems like a, a – tender moment and she's like got this little smile on her face fast forward a couple scenes later and Roy comes home and she's rubbing one in in her bed watching something on her phone <laughs> with her airpods in and I love the exchange for like he walks in he's like hey what you doing and she throws her phone across the room and he's like why'd you throw your phone well I thought you were breaking you you might be a burglar breaking in and I didn't want you to get it so you threw it over here yeah, huh? <laughs> okay, what were you really doing? Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, no, so, no, I'd like to know what you were what you were using to to to, to you know basically to rub run one into as you put. Yeah, it. yeah, because no, like, no, 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 no. I'm good with that. I, I'm good with yeah. porn and stuff. And I like to know what gets you going. What did he say? He had one that was weird. Oh, I like to watch people having sex in public or in the woods. And she's like, yeah. why? And he's like, because I'd never have the balls to do it. But that's just great. And but you like again in a normal show you'd be led to believe that oh she was like looking at Jamie on the show that he was on you know that reality yes, show and that is Robin exactly Man. what I thought it was going to be was that yes yep nope because this is Ted Lasso she was watching Roy's uh, retirement speech where he got all. He was crying he was literally crying and saying you know that he didn't want to leave but he had to leave and. He's like, what the fuck? And she's like, you were being vulnerable. You were being real. And that is such a turn on for me. Because it's fucking Ted Lasso. Like, of course she was doing the right thing. Of course she wasn't like, oh, I'm going to rub one in to Jamie. Nope. I love that about this show. Um, so Jamie, like we said, we talked about, um, Goes and talks to Ted. Because essentially, Keeley tells Jamie, I'm not the person you need to talk to. Right. And so she go, he goes and talks to Ted, or she goes and talks to Ted, if you will. He does. Jamie does at the bar. And someone takes a picture and sends it out. And the team assumes, oh, he's coming back because, you know, he had a, they were seen together at the bar and yada, yada, yada. And that isn't the case at all. In fact, Ted tells him, Hey, uh, you wouldn't be a good fit for the team. 
Yep. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, he he basically says it's not going to work, it, or it's not a good idea. Yeah. And um, but Sam on the team already assumes that this is what's happening, and he doesn't like want Jamie coming back because Jamie treated him like shit, basically, which he did. Yes, he and did. Ted essentially lets Sam has a say, and then goes, "I told him he wasn't coming back." Period. Um. Roy, Keeley basically convinces Roy to take a job at Sky Sports, basically as a discussion panel show about football. <laughs> and he doesn't want to do it. Uh, and she kind of basically, you know, talks him into doing it. Say, just try it. If you don't like it, you never have to try it again. And she even apologizes for kind of like forcing him into doing it. Um, so... Oh, gosh. Before that, though, his girls' team loses their championship. And it's absolutely hilarious when he berates them for losing. And then, like, she's like, oh, look, one of your, one of the girls' mothers bought some participation trophies. Oh, let's see here. And he reads one of them, and it's, like, prettiest smile or something. No, best and he's dressed. like, best dressed. You're all wearing the same bloody uniform. Who's How are you dressed different? I guess it's you. And he passes it to one of them. And she's like, yay. And he's like, you know what? Just find one for yourself. And he throws the box down and walks away. And the, like the principal, whoever it is, is just like, you know, like Roy, I understand tough love. It works, but they have to at least know that you give a shit. And so he turns around and goes back and he says something nice, quote fingers, but they all like cheer for him and they're excited. And then he walks away. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. Like Absolutely. that backstory of him coaching a nine under nine girls soccer team for the first mm-hmm. two episodes. I hated <laughs> it was just the first two episodes, to be honest, because it was hilarious. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, in the first episode, every time he swears, he's like, You owe me a quid, Uncle Roy. I mean, he goes, <laughs> put it on my tab. And then he goes on to this tirade about why he doesn't want to do the uh, the panel job for Sky Sports to Keely. And like he swears so much, and he gets done, and she's like, "What do you owe him?" It's like eleven, like one thousand four hundred da 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 pounds. <laughs> and someday I'm sure she'll be able to collect. Yeah. So, anyways, he goes and does uh, the panel, mm-hmm. and at first he's just sitting there, like like he is, and then when he gives his opinion, it's just profanity laced yes because because um, the other three pundits up there are old school and they're just like you know oh well the first guy asked the question he's like you know did manchester united win or did the other team lose and yeah they're like you know oh i think they did really good oh, i think both teams went out there and blah 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 you know they're just giving like very neutral answers and then roy's like i thought columbia fucking sucked they're like, what? And he's like, they suck. They weren't. It's like they were playing with blinders on, blah blah blah. <laughs> like they were shit. Like no filter whatsoever. And the the old dudes didn't like it, but he blew up on Twitter with everyone being like, yeah. And those three guys in the bar, that was awesome. May. Um. Yes, they all loved it, and the network asked him to come back. Yep. So he goes home. <laughs> and tells Keely that he enjoyed being on the show because he got to talk about football again. And she was right. So he cues up the video of his retirement speech uh, and puts her earbuds in 
so she can watch the video of him crying and talking, and then he goes down on her. Yep. <laughs> um, Ted decides that maybe bringing Jamie back wouldn't be the worst thing because maybe we all need a dad that's not going to let us down or something of that nature. Yeah, it, it, I believe what he was saying was like, you know, Sam was telling him that he didn't want Jamie back because, you know, his dad would always say to him, you know, oh, you deserve better than that. Jamie's an asshole to treat you like that. And so Ted kind of realized Jamie doesn't have that dad. Like Jamie's dad was a piece yeah. of shit to him. So oh. he, it, he and basically Sam wants told, to be. Sam told Sam's dad told him that he's happy that Ted Lasso was his coach because he knows that he'll take care of him. Right. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. And yeah, so basically he's he's thinking Jamie needs a good dad. I will be that good dad. So he asks his diamond dogs what they think and they're split. Higgins is yes and Beard and Nate say no. Um but he decides to bring him back anyways. And that's how the episode ends. Jamie kind of going out <laughs> on the field, but he's looking very humble and kind of like awkwardish so i'm hoping he apologizes and he doesn't be a toolbox right quite frankly right i mean i'm hoping we don't see him trying to act his old ways again just to kind of you know fall back everyone fall back in line to their roles if you will um i'm hoping that he just apologizes straight away and, and we don't have to deal with that type of horseshit so the way that this show works i can't see that happening um because they they don't tend to do that. Plus, remember that in the uh, finale, he passed it. The game winning goal, he passed it to the other guy because that's what he yes. learned from Ted. So yes. I have to believe that you know he is, um, he is on the yeah. right track. He did the extra pass, and his dad ripped into him. Yeah. So. I think we should watch two more episodes of this this week, just because I want to. I just want to watch it. I agree. It's my favorite show to watch right now. Yep. Uh, I don't have any other shows. I have no movies. You you told me that you watched two movies. I did. What did you watch? So the first one that I watched was Bob Ross, Happy Accidents. and Oh, the documentary. What did you think? Yes. Uh, tragic. Um, what a great Isn't guy. It? And... The, those people were insidious, like the way it wasn't even to the point of, you know, corporate greed and just like some nameless people like these people insinuated them. They got their hooks in and they they fucking took over and it was tragic and terrible. And, it, you know, the moment the part came up early on in the documentary when it was like so many people declined to be interviewed for this documentary because of fear of reprisal from them. I was yeah, like, Shit. They, oh, well, they're just going to sue us. Yeah. I was like, Shit. well, yeah. this isn't going to be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was amazing, though. I loved watching all of his. Ow watching all of his skill, you know, watching him just go right through and paint those things without even trying. And, you know, seeing that he got the inspiration from that other guy who put the, the white paint on first, the wet on wet. And it just, it blew my mind 
that the stuff that he could come out of there. I love the little story that he had with the producer where he even said, you know, this is always pisses off my producer, but this is what I'm going to do. You know, two minutes to go. And he's like, okay, time to add a tree. And she's like, ah, yeah. Um, but no, he was just like my, Kate and I's big fear watching this was that he was going to turn out to be a big piece of shit. Yes. That was our biggest fear. That when we sat down and watched this, it was going to turn out that Bob Ross was just a giant piece of shit. Right, and exactly. I'm so happy that he's not. Me too. I, I think that that would have crushed things for me. Oh, I think I know it would have for me. I absolutely know it would have for me. Yep. Um, yeah. But anyhow, Again, so go ahead. I was going to say, it's using an earlier analogy that I did with Ted Lasso. You know, it would be like if the documentary came out that revealed that Mr. Rogers was an asshole. You know, it just, it, it can't be. There's certain people that can't be assholes. They just can't. Right. Right. So, yeah, I recommend everybody go watch it if you haven't, if you've ever watched um, Bob Ross on TV. Yep. You should go watch it. But it really does make you reconsider um, buying anything from the Bob Ross company. Right. A- anything that has like his picture on it that's like you know oh the bob ross paint by numbers or the bar like i looked up at my little bob ross deadpool figure and i'm like oh yeah right doesn't that make you like oh, i don't want to own any of this shit because you right. know um yeah yep uh the other movie that i watched was uh saturday night I was talking with Julia and we're like, what do we want to put on? And she's like, I'm kind of like, I think that I'm ready for a movie. Like, I think that we've got a good patch of time here. I kind of just want to chill out. Let's do a movie. We started batting some ideas back and forth. Cause we've got lists going of like, Oh, I really like this. I really like this. We're going back and forth. And, um, I honestly can't remember how we got on the subject, but she was like, well, you said you wanted to watch the Marvel movies. Like, what's the first one? And I said, well, technically, you know, are we talking chronologically or are we talking when they came out in the theaters? She's like, well, what do you suggest? And I said, well, chronologically, it would be Captain America, the first Avenger. She's like, can we watch that? Can we watch it? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, twist my fucking arm. So we sat down and we watched Captain America, the first Avenger because Disney Disney plus has that in chronological order. So which is really cool. Do that. Yeah. Um, now I've got to go, I've got to look at the chronological order cause there's a few gaps there because they don't have the rights to everything. So, uh, the Edward Norton Hulk movie is not on Disney plus, and I'm pretty sure the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney plus right now. So I've nope, got to see not. where they come in, but the next one's Captain Marvel anyway. And immediately, like we were waiting to get to the uh, PS scene in Captain America, which was hilarious because they used the original PS scene, which is the full on him, like punching the punching bag and it flying across the screen. And then Nick Fury being like, we're going to save the world. And then it goes right into the trailer for 2013's Marvel's The Avengers. Hilarious to see that trailer at the end of a PS scene. Um, yeah, I, but remember that was how it happened at the theater. Yes, and we all lost our shits. We um, most certainly did. So I, I was like, "Yeah, the next one's Captain Marvel," and she's like, "How does 
how does Captain Marvel get to be Captain Marvel? Like you're captain of the entire Marvel universe. And I was like, Oh, don't even get me started. Cause then we have to go into DC and how they had a Captain Marvel. She's like, how could they have a Captain Marvel? They're DC. Well, this is Marvel. Fair. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, honey, we got some stuff to catch up on. So, and I was like, Oh, and Captain Marvel is a woman, not a man. She's like, okay, now we have to see this. Cause I'm so confused. I'm like, yeah, here we go. So we haven't watched that one yet, but that's the next one up on our list. But the thing about Captain Marvel was that she was she was a captain in the not in the navy, but you know what I mean. She was Air a captain Force. in the army. If you were Air Force, there we go. Yep. Yeah. So it's going to be nice to see it in chronological order, though, because this way we're going to see uh, Fury before his eye got scratched. We're going to see you know the uh, the Tesseract because the Tesseract was just lost at the end of Captain America: The First Avenger. And now we're going to see what happens to it, you know, with mm-hmm. the the cat air quotes and stuff. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what that's like in um, in chronological order. Hmm. Yeah, those are the only movies that I watched. All right. So down to news and trailers. Yes. Not a lot on either one. Honestly. No, no, not a lot at all. Um, sent you the trailer for Red Notice. That looks good. Yep. I mean, The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Gal Gadot, fucking, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, action, big, big budget action movie, basically. Yep. With humor, of course. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the Wheel of Time had its first official trailer. So. It sure did. I will watch the hell out of this show because the books that it's based on are considered by many to be quintessential fantasy reading. Like, oh, this is the greatest fantasy series of all time. It's also considered by many, such as myself, to be boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I've tried to get into the first book a number of times now. And as somebody on TikTok recently said, anyone will tell you, oh, it gets good by book seven. I'm not sitting through seven books of a series just to get to the good part. Like, that is not a good use of my time. It's like Dune. I've tried to read Dune a few times. I just can't get into it. And you have other people that just love it so much. Yep. The Stand is the same way with me. So Yep, yep. So the series looks... Like, it'll be fun. Um, I will check it out. I will probably enjoy, you know, do the little Michael Jackson eating the popcorn gif. Uh, enjoy watching the fans of the books eat themselves alive over uh, all the stuff that's going to be wrong or changed or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The, the, by itself, though, without even thinking of the books, the trailer looks damn good. Yes, it does. Um, then there was a weird one, Moonfall. Mm-hmm. The moon is attacking the earth or crashing into the no, earth. The moon is falling to the earth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it doesn't look very good, but whatever. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but it's like, I think it's going to be on Netflix or some shit, right? Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll, I might watch it. Yeah. I have yet um, to watch the HBO original, the the not HBO, but the HBO in theater and on HBO Max at the same time. The 
the new Hugh Jackman one, the reminisce. I just, I try, yeah. I just haven't. Yeah. I haven't either. I didn't see a lot of good about it. A lot of people said that it had a good idea, but it fell flat. I yeah. Mean, sometimes I like those movies anyway, but I don't know. I just I, keep I, wanting to. I saw a super low percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and then the last trailer for this week that I sent you, I'd actually heard about on TikTok, and then I found the trailer for it. Uh, my son. This is an interesting concept for a movie. I mean, the story behind it is generic. You know, a guy's son goes missing. The police can't find him, so they give up. So he takes over the investigation. The twist on it is that James McAvoy is the father, and he was never given a script. So all the acting that he does is based on direction and such. And he, everybody else has a script, so they know what's going on. He's learning it as he goes through the scenes. So they wanted to make it so that the lead character and the audience learned what was going on at the same time. Yeah. Very unique. Also very unique is listening to James McAvoy talk with his, with his normal (laughs) accent. Yes. It threw me off a lot. Yeah. I wanted him to be Charles Xavier again, but you know, yep. Um, that was it for trailers. I got two pieces of news. You got any news? I got a little bit of news. So I've tried, like I tried earlier today to, you know, we usually do like a fall TV preview about now. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And I have tried really, 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 really fucking hard to put something together. And a, I'm just going to say now, I hate the internet now. Like, they've made it so complicated. You can't go to any website now and just get a list anymore. Like, everything's got to have a thousand ads on it or pop-up videos or this. Like, it, it, it's just, I, I'm starting to you. hate the internet. Yep, I feel you. Um. Yeah, and so I've just, I've, I've, I've tried to find... Like the good old classic fall preview, so you can go through and see when shows start and this and that and everything. And it's just, yeah, it's just not going well for me right now. It's funny you say that because, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that because usually by now we're being bombarded by here's the fall lineup, here's the fall preview, here's stuff that's coming out. Most of the shows that are out nowadays don't know if they're coming or going. Like, Maybe they were well, a fall show, but then COVID happened, and so they had to split a season, and now they yeah. don't know where they're supposed to be. The majority of what I'm finding is everything is a um, to-be-determined, mid-season replacement, to-be-determined, to-be-determined, to-be-determined. Yeah. You know, this, is a this is a mid-season replacement. This is a mid-season replacement. But if you want well, – like, what are your two bits of news? And then after that, we can ramble about my shit until we decide sure. to stop rambling. Uh, my stuff's pretty basic. Uh, that movie Vacation Friends that you know John Cena and everything, uh, they've already got it. It's going to have a sequel. Um, it's called Honeymoon Friends, and it's going to have the same cast and director. So that's fun. And the other thing that I had, this is interesting, Annie Wershing. Um you would probably know her most recently as uh, the serial killer woman in, uh, oh God, the rookie, you know, the redhead who was locked up and 
Uh, yes. They kept going back to her. So that's Annie Wershing. You've seen her in other stuff, too. Uh, she has just recently, they announced that she has been cast as the new Borg queen in season two of Picard. Really? Yeah, so she'll be taking over Alice Kurge's role. I don't know if she will be the same Borg queen or if she is a different Borg queen. I could see the similarities between them. And I know that this has to do with time travel in the second season. So, you know, maybe we're going back to the origins. Who knows? Or maybe they're just they're there. And so they have to go back either way. Yeah, she's going to be the new Borg queen. Okay. And that's it for my news. Okay, so here's some of my news. I haven't seen a trailer yet, but apparently they're making a TV series of I Know What You Did Last Summer. I've seen something about that. It's coming out October 15th on Amazon Prime Video. Yay. So, there we go. Uh, so, what I have found for like a, a, a TV fall preview, if you will, is mostly like a bunch of random shit. But, like, I discovered, for instance, that... Did you know the 4400's getting remade? Yes. Isn't that weird? On the CW? Yeah. Like, that show just aired. Like, apparently it was on from 2004 to 2017. Mm -hmm. And I've never heard of a show getting a remake in 14 years, I guess. But, like, (laughs) a show that I, I didn't care about to begin with is apparently getting another remake. Yeah. But the majority of the majority of all the shows that I've seen coming on this fall that have definitive start dates are primarily reality shows. You know, like Alter Ego, um, a music reality competition that's going to be on Fox. The Big Leap, which is a. um, Which is, well, okay, this is actually a fictional show, but it's a. Scott Foley is an executive producer of a competition reality show um, with a bunch of different people on it. So it's actually a fictional show, but it's it's in the theme of a reality show. Okay. Uh, CSI Vegas is coming up here in September, which, which is great. Um, apparently FBI is getting a spinoff called International. Uh, Ghost is coming to CBS, which I do want to see. Um. But, oh, the Legends of the Hidden Temples coming back to the CW at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they got the original voice of of uh, Olmec to play Olmec again. So that's <laughs> cool. Oh, I'm sorry, Olmec. Um, apparently, NCI, NCIS is getting a Hawaii spinoff. But yeah, the majority of them are just um, like like um, what's the word I'm looking for? To be determined. Or reality reality shows? type shows or to be determined on when the dates act, when it's actually going to air. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I couldn't really find anything that was really informative. Hmm. But, yeah, it's that's not surprising, it though. Like I said, you know, everything's kind of jacked up right now and a lot of shows got canceled. A lot of shows had shorter seasons and they're just kind of being wedged in wherever they can. I mean, look at the Orville. Mm -hmm. Like they said that they have finished wrapping or they've wrapped filming of the Orville season three. Still no idea when the fuck it'll come out. Yep. 
And then um, what's the other one? Uh, something wrapped up. Oh, Clerks 3 wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how long it'll be before that's out. Hopefully not too long. I know. I hope it's not too long at all. So I guess that's about it, huh? That's about it right there. All right. So you want to tell the people who you are and where you are? Sure. I'm on the Twitter. I'm Superstar Mel. And I'm over there, the Quantum Geek G33K. Boom. Goes the dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) And he puts it up. uh, Boom goes the dynamite. That was like yeah. that was one of my first real um, viral videos that I kind of ever saw. Thanks, that's a good one. Yeah. So. All right, I'll uh, talk to you all next week. Yeah, that's it.